0: This is episode 26 with Caleb Cuthbert of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. We interview some of the most brilliant minds in business and entrepreneurship, so you can learn how to maintain success, enjoy its rewards, and take it to the next level. Together, we break down all of the myths, legends, struggles, and insights behind what it takes for you to join this tribe of successful entrepreneurs to grow and stay ahead of the pack. I'm your host, Joel Ong of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast, and welcome to the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. My name is Joel, and I'm the host for this show. I'm also the founder and video strategist at Take Your Time. Essentially, we are a video production agency mixed with uh, marketing strategy to help brands and businesses to build better relationships with uh, people and to ultimately then grow their business and scale their time, um, revenue, and also, if finally, um, create a more authentic identity online. So, uh, but that's not the main focus for today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about the business of beauty and modelling. We're going to dive into the world of fashion and entertainment uh, showbiz with a special guest today. And we recorded this on video on YouTube as well. Now, Kalef has kindly agreed to come on board the show with us today. Um, And she's a model, actress and media personality. Um, and also she is a dog rescuer, which is very interesting. So uh, she's been doing this for about 13 years now as a fashion and commercial model uh, spanning several cities. She has appeared in numerous publications and campaigns like Virgin Mobile, Tenda Skincare, Glow Minerals, Roots Canada, Avon, Harlequin Romance, Maxim 2 Magazine, Wet Lugs, and Fashion Series Magazine. Now she's also an actress, or you would say in proper terms, actor, and her acting credits includes The Bold and the Beautiful, the Special Super Bowl correspondent for the Inside Edition, and a large assortment of various short films, commercials, music videos and PSAs. Now Caleb is also an avid animal lover. And she partners up with dog rescues to help to save dogs from high kill shelters that are actually scheduled to be euthanized. So it's very interesting. You get to hear more about that, and you know why she does it, her her purpose and mission and um compassion for for animals. So you get to hear that, and you also get to hear you know se- several funny things about uh showbiz entertainment and ultimately you know how she maintains this career for the long term. So. Once again, if you enjoyed these episodes, please do leave a review. Uh, we really appreciate it because it greatly helps us, uh, more people to discover our podcast and to hear the amazing content from all the various guests that are on the show. Uh, but then otherwise, you know, you could always share this around with your friends and family and to people whom you might find this useful too. So without further ado, let's jump into the show with Caliph Kubet. Hi Caliph. So um, first question, uh, how did you end up doing what you're doing today?
1: Uh, so I through a series of convoluted twists and turns, I went to school back in the day to be a social worker. I thought that I wanted to be a mental health and addictions counselor. And I took the, I guess, like the expected route of post-secondary education. Um, it's what everyone, I guess, did in my hometown. And yeah, I thought <laughs> I would live like a more traditional nine to five kind of job life and somewhere in the midst of that I discovered that I kind of fell into modeling randomly in that time I started getting scouted by agencies I think at like 17 and then just started doing it for fun in the time that I was in university and I discovered that I really loved it and it was not something I ever thought about doing before that so kind of got the wheels turning in my mind of this alternate life I could be living
0: <laughs> well, um what about it did you did you start to like um which part of uh, modeling did you
1: I love there's so many things I love about it I love I I feel like it's an unspeakable luxury to not show up to the same place every day like every day is different than the day before like I have no idea what I'm doing next week and I used to find that terrifying but now I find it really exciting that it's like any day I could be in like find out next week I'm going to a different country or different city and I love that excitement Um, I also love I love the fashion side of it I never really was big into fashion until I became a part of the fashion industry but I do find it really interesting and I love interpreting the mood of clothing and kind of moving from one character to another it's acting but in like a, a freeze frame which I think is fun
0: yeah, um, it it can be quite uh quite foreign to people who are not in the industry. Yeah. So you know, uh, how, how did you how did you start to get yourself more informed and cultured about about fashion, the trends, uh, you know, things in the yeah, industry? Yeah, I think
1: I, it was something I wasn't into at all before. So I really I didn't know about like hair and makeup. I didn't know about fashion. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And I think I just kind of learned on set like I would observe how how makeup artists would do my makeup and I learned a lot of tips and tricks over the years same with hair and with fashion I would kind of see like what the designers were were doing with each season um and it was really interesting of course like things aren't really seasonal nowadays like in 2020 the way they were 10 years ago when you know designers had their their collections with each season now I think with the internet fashion is 24 seven. it's like are constantly pumping out new designs so it's not quite as seasonal as it used to be. Um but it's still interesting and you can see it kind of changing throughout the year and I you don't know. I find it I find it fascinating. There's such like an artistic creative side to it.
0: Do do you follow uh the Satoralist or something, you know, like um you know what do you consume or read or um cuz that's how I got into it. Like uh, my friends told me, hey, check out this this page called the Satoralist Oh so, yeah. <laughs> I went
1: to Um I just I'm trying to think of what I currently read. I read a lot of like model memoirs these days. I always find those interesting. Um, I don't really read magazines the way I used to. I want to get back into it. I feel like the internet has kind of killed a lot of magazines, sadly, or like the art of the magazine. Um, yeah, I still I still like look at fashion stuff online all the time. That's models.com. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. So, um, so you, you talked about how you, uh, read like model memoirs, right? So if, uh, if there was a, if there was a model that you could, uh, have dinner with, like whether living or dead, like, oh. who would it be?
1: Oh, that's tough. I, you know what? She's, she's an obnoxious personality, but I kind of love Janice Dickinson. I always have. I feel like she is an extremely interesting person. She's had a big career, um, her memoir, No Lifeguard on Duty, is super interesting. She's had a very sad life, but she's overcome a lot and turned her life around to live this really impactful life as a model. Impactful in the sense that, like, she did a lot of very interesting things in her career. She was a great model. Yeah, I think, I think that's like my favorite model memoir.
0: <laughs> so you'll be a more eccentric kind of. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She'd do all the talking and just listen. <laughs>
0: cool cool so um yeah we wanted to talk about you know the business of uh, beauty entertainment you know cosmetics fashion and stuff like that so you know um could you could you explain it to us um you know in more simple terms like what is it really about
1: it's just advertising that's like you can you can paint it any way you want but it's really just advertising at the end of the day it's companies Advertising their goods, whether it's hair stuff, makeup stuff, commercial products, lifestyle products, fashion, it's all just advertising. But I think the excitement is finding a fun, creative twist and finding a way to advertise it creatively, I think is exciting.
0: Awesome. And and I noticed that this um, very interesting thing where, you know, if you're a model, you can be represented by different yeah. agencies and different managements, um, you know, and, and I find it really interesting how they don't conflict. So, you know, how does that work? Because it's something that's quite unique, I find, um, you know, if you're a sports athlete, you know, if you represent a certain... Brand like Coca-Cola, you can't represent right. Pepsi, et cetera, right. et cetera. You know, so in this way, like um, how, how does that work? So it
1: works, it depends on your contracts, but um, your contracts are generally, like standardly speaking, you have exclusivity within a certain region. So you might have, say a Los Angeles agency, and then you can't sign with any other agencies in that market, but you could sign with different ones in say New York or Paris or wherever other or whatever other markets you want to work in and usually the first agency you sign with is typically your mother agency and they help connect you to all other agencies and then wherever else you work they get a little kickback from those jobs as well but it's yeah, generally it depends on like what the what yeah. the exclusivity clause is in your in your contract some people do non-exclusive contracts where they can as many agencies yeah. as they want or do freelance work on the side but i'd say most of them like from your big agencies are exclusive to those markets that you're in
0: i see and of course then you have to uh they have to schedule your your work schedules around i mean if you're traveling to different regions you can't you can't be in two places at the same time yeah
1: so it's always always super it's a very unpredictable lifestyle you never really know where you're gonna be everything is so last minute which i think can be frustrating for for type a people but um it's also (laughs) something you get used to and it's kind of like i was saying before it gets exciting with time the unpredictability
0: of it, fun. <laughs> yeah, it seems very busy. So, um, how does your typical week look like? Because I know, like you know, beauty is not is no longer just like, superficial. I mean, um, it's it's the whole embodied thing. You know, in terms of how you live, how you eat, how you uh, exercise, etc., etc. Take care of your health. So, in in terms of that, like, how does your typical you know week or day look like for you? Um, I know, of course, there's a changes yeah. in schedules, but generally like you know um what is it like to be a in in life of a a model uh you know someone in the in the entertainment industry or even an actress
1: i think that there there obviously is no typical day like every day is so different but i try to fit in a workout every day if i can um usually as a model you go to a number of castings every day depends on the market you're in and how busy it is um but yeah, a casting is where your agency sends you to meet with different clients. You usually try on an outfit or two. They take a couple photos of you and kind of sometimes there'll be a long way because there'll be tons of models there. Other times it's a request casting where they've only requested to see very specific people that they're already quite interested in. So those ones you always have a better chance. But sometimes you'll go and there's like five hundred girls there and everyone looks different and you're like, I don't know. What they want. <laughs> so you just go. I think I think you have to uh you just go into it thinking like if it's for me I'll get it and if it's not on to the next one. But yeah, and then and if you're lucky you have a booking uh, and you work, but you have to generally go to a lot of castings to get that that one booking. So it's running around.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's something that's not very stated all yeah. the time, right? You know, people seem to assume that oh hey, you know, I happen to be in this right. magazine or get this booking or this uh, feature. Um, in terms of that, like um, uh, you know, of course, everybody's taste and preference are different. Um, you know what are, you know after so many years of doing it, um, you of course want to have have try to have an age over over everybody else who's trying to yeah. get the same gig. So, so you know, like, what are some of the things that they look out for? Um, you know, is is it the is it the height, the appearance, the because you know, I, I know they measure by this these various things, right? So I mean how, um, how important are those factors and you know why do they consider that important in the first place? Um, I think it, from you know from an aesthetic yeah, standpoint, it's so.
1: changed, it's changed a lot. I've been modeling for 13 years and it used to be very strict when I started. You had to be very specific measurements, which generally give or take an inch or two on every measurement was like 34, 24, 34 was like your standard measurements. Ideally, you were above 5'9 to 5'11 was ideal, and you couldn't stray too much from any of those measurements, um, whereas now I feel like the industry's changed a lot. There's, there's curved models now. There's models that are kind of in between sizes, and I think designers are becoming a lot more open to using models that aren't the typical sizes, so you definitely see it changing, and sometimes um, agency boards would before have like plus-size models, straight-size models. Uh, but now sometimes the models are all kind of mixed together, which I think is, is cool. Like there's not a specific board to find each one on, on the website, which is neat. Um, so it's <laughs> a lot, I think yeah. the history of it was that ideally you were supposed to look as close to an actual like dressing mannequin as possible. This is what designers built it on. Yeah. And of course it was cheaper for them to use less materials. So I guess the thinner you were, the less the cost of creating the, the garment was. So it was a win-win for them, I guess. Um, But it's definitely changed. I think people have moved to a healthier look, um, a more attainable look for most people, which is interesting. It was like, it was so strict when I started, like your agencies would be on you about your measurements. And I can't remember the last time I had an agency even measure me now. It's like, it's not a thing like it, how it used to be, which is nice. It takes the pressure off. Um, of course you still have to be fit and stuff. You have to have like, keep your skin in good condition, your hair in good condition, your nails, all this. But, um, definitely I think they're looking more for, I've always thought personality goes further than anything. Whereas back in the day, people also didn't care about your personality, but they do now. I, I think social media, Instagram especially, has allowed us to market ourselves rather than just our agencies doing it for ourselves. So it's interesting. You can you can show your personality now, whereas before they wanted you just to be a blank slate, just show up. But at the end of the day, I think people just want to book who they're comfortable being on set all day with and who's not going to be difficult or not going to be a pain in the ass to be around. So I think it just behooves you just to be nice to everyone and have a good attitude
0: yeah yeah you gotta like exude the confidence yeah. and <laughs> you I work on set my, my
1: logic is there will always be people more beautiful and more you know taller and thinner and like that wear the clothes better than you but if you can at least just like show who you are and be friendly and cordial with everybody i, I, I don't know i think that goes a really long way or at least it does in my experience
0: I see, I see. And that applies also the same for runway, for, uh, for the editorial or, you know, for, um you know, you know does the, uh, do they still have these distinctions? Yeah. I mean, so do you, do you still have, um, because like, I mean, or, you know, sometimes you work kind of all of them. Um,
1: yeah. So sometimes people work all of them. There's a lot of crossover. Um, I think it's still a little bit stricter for sure. For like runway, you do see like a taller, leaner aesthetic. Um, smaller hips for sure are important for runway, but you do see variety on the runway now too. Like you see a lot of curve models. You see a lot of in-between models, a lot of like much older models or younger models, kind of like a mixing of everyone. There's like more representation of different races now, which is interesting and awesome and like long overdue as well. Um, and to, yeah, editorial, yeah. I think too, I see I see a big shift. It's, it's really changed. It's really changed.
0: I see, and I want to segue into you know talking about you know mental health, uh more more uh, holistic approach and perspective towards you know beauty or yeah. health, and uh, in generally you know having a fit, confident, uh, personality as a person, you know, um, because I, I I see that people's emotional response to this beauty in in a, uh, you know, people can get pretty emotional about yeah. it, you know, when you dress good, you look good, you you know, you smell good, yeah. etc. Um you know, you feel confident and uh, everything seems to flow and I find, you know, when the reverse happens, you can be terribly insecure. So, you know, in terms of that, um, since you're literally being judged professionally for it (laughs) all the time, um, what have you learned about, uh, maintaining, you know, confidence, maintaining, um, this, uh, um, Beauty in a in a more holistic sense of the word.
1: Well, I will will say, fake it till you make it. (laughs) Until you're there, like in a real way, just you know, fake it. Yeah, just go out there. Like, try to be confident. Try to say positive things about yourself instead. Like, replace the negative thoughts. I think over time, it becomes real. The more you like, yeah, I'm awesome. You start to believe it over time. (laughs) Um, I do think taking care of yourself makes you generally feel better. But then again, on the flip side, some of the most insecure people I've ever met have been models. I think because our jobs are to be physically scrutinized by other people, so you lose your sense of self sometimes, or it's easy to lose your sense of self yeah. and really feel like I'm a I'm a human, I'm a person rather than just just object, or yeah, just yeah. a mannequin.
0: Um, have you ever felt out of balance? Yeah. You know, um, you know, losing losing the sense of uh, identity versus you know. Um, because of course you have to work with whoever you're you're yeah. representing or, or dealing with but at the same time you want to kind of maintain that integrity um, of yourself so has that has that felt out of balance for you uh, at times and if you did you know how did you
1: recalibrate it I've definitely felt that not as much recently as I did when I was younger when I really felt like you couldn't say no to anything now now I've I very selectively say no. I am a people pleaser. I do like to, and also it's so hard to get jobs that when you get them, you're like, yes, I'll do it, no matter what it is. But um, I do think critically about jobs now, and if it's like a company that I really want to represent, like for example, I had, uh, I love animals, and I've had a couple companies reach out that use um, like fur things in their in their products, and I just that's not something I can stand behind, and I've had to be. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I just like can't be a part of this um but that's something like in the past when I was younger I think I would have just done it and felt really terrible about it after and felt like I when I was young didn't have a voice and wasn't allowed to tell my agency like oh please don't submit for that stuff yeah but now I'm yeah. just like y- you gotta say it or else it's just like it eats me, those things
0: cool yeah so it seems like uh, raise your standards as well um so um what so, I want to move into, you know, entertainment, acting especially. Yeah. Um, uh, how, how did you get into it? Because, you know, it's one industry where um, my old acting teacher used to say, like, people don't actually want to know your technique.
1: Yeah, yeah so
0: true. <laughs> you know, like, it's one of the uh, unique features of, of, of the acting industry or how you do it. Uh, they just want to see the result. So, you know, Adler, Strasberg, Meisner. You know, like, do you do prefer more stage work, screen work, you know, um, you know talk to me about, yeah. about that and uh, how, how you fell into it and then what you're currently doing.
1: Yeah, that, that's so funny you say that. That's so true. People don't really care what your method is as long as you deliver results. Um, I started acting kind of throughout the 13 years I've been modeling. I was acting as well, but a lot of my acting jobs were like a scene that involved a model being in it. So I was acting, but as a model. Whereas in the last, like, couple of years, I've been acting as, like, an actress playing a role. And that's so new and different for me, but so exciting. I love it. Um, And I joined the Actors Union SAG this year, which was cool. And that got me um, really, like, thinking thinking of acting as a business and, like, taking it very, very seriously, which has been fun. And taking so many different classes at the SAG Conservatory, which has been awesome. Um, I definitely love... I did a couple plays when I was a kid and I did love the, the stage energy, but I really love on-screen things. I love just like how real and raw it is, and how small everything is just natural.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, you can, you can make magic, uh, in, in post-production yeah. and then the whole thing looks yeah. completely different from what you, our set <laughs> and what it looks like. I was surprised
1: when you see it, it's like, I was there, but I don't remember it being like this. So it's so interesting to see the results
0: cool so um funniest fan encounter you know uh i'm sure you you being a media (laughs) personality you have encounters with fans so you know what was the
1: i'm trying to think of like what the funniest one was i had a couple where people recognized me and like uh, i was doing like an uber pool like sharing an uber with people just strangers and uh a couple where people recognized me in there i'm trying to think i haven't had any that were like really crazy i get a lot of creepy messages online but fortunately i haven't had too many creepy in person encounters <laughs> knock on wood <laughs> we'll see
0: <laughs> cool um favorite vice.
1: Favorite vice. yeah Ooh. <laughs> tough one i think huh
0: binging on potatoes
1: probably <laughs> like binging lot. on netflix for me <laughs> like i could sit in like if I'm in, in the right mindset, I could watch, like, an entire season of a show in one go.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so uh, what's your favorite, uh, you know, TV show or TV series oh, uh, on Netflix?
1: I love uh, Mindhunter. So good. So good. Anything oh, yeah, that's fun. a good series. Yeah. Big, big into that. My favorite comedy, though, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So great. I love seeing <laughs> sure. a show like that.
0: <laughs> Have you seen uh, Chernobyl as well? yeah uh, Oh wait, no, that's HBO. Yeah, yeah I seen that's it yet, HBO I want to. Yeah, Heard it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, almost like survival like horror yeah. almost. Um it's like a documentary but dramatized, which is incredible the way they they presented it. Um so anyway, um kind of like tell me something about uh yourself that you know people don't know about you already.
1: Hmm. People don't know. I can't sing. I'm awful. <laughs> Horrible, horrible singer. <laughs> I had a, a thing where I had to sing in, in an audition the other day and it was like, the that's the only thing in life I'm like deeply terrified of is singing in front of people, like deeply terrified. Like just horror.
0: <laughs> Probably the next thing would be having that recording oh on SoundCloud. God,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, you you never know in today's day and age where that'll end up. <laughs>
0: cool um so i want to segue into you know more of your you know personal mm-hmm. passions uh around you know dog yeah. rescue um you know um did your did your love for animals start when you were a kid you know was it was it more recently um and then you know what motivated you to really um you know champion this cause uh, of uh rescuing dogs so i
1: i've loved animals my entire life as a kid i've begged my parents for a dog. Every day of my life, I was like, I'll do anything for a dog and uh, never got a dog. But I had, I had every kind of other pet. I worked at a pet store that was like one of my first jobs in high school. I uh, did a co-op placement at a veterinary practice. I fostered kittens for the Humane Society when I was younger. And a couple of years ago, I was bored one spring and I was like, I'm going to look up fostering kittens again. And I looked into it and it wasn't quite kitten season yet in LA and no shelter had any things that needed follow up feeding. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll foster a dog. And I never thought I would have time to have a dog, but I've always wanted one. And I found this really angry looking chihuahua at this one rescue and started fostering him. He was so mean, (laughs) but he loves me. We had this like intense bond from the beginning. He would bite, everyone that he met. He was so vicious at the time. And I just fell completely head over heels for this dog. His name is Pablo. And I adopted him. And he's now the, this was like two years ago. He's now the sweetest dog in the entire world. He's so loving. He just needed time to learn to trust people. And then I started volunteering for that, for that rescue. I loved the work that they did. They're called Pacific Pups Rescue in Los Angeles. And I love the work that they did. And I just wanted to be more of a part of it. And I get to go to shelters and pull dogs for rescue that are about to be euthanized, which is so nice to, to get them out of that situation. And so many of them are on there for, you know, medical conditions that we can easily treat, or behavior problems that really just require time and patience and some love. And it's just so nice. And I, since then, adopted another dog that I was attempting to foster, but I failed. Adopted him too. Got a little guy that was uh, nearly paralyzed when we got him. And he is now fully rehabbed, and
0: he can he can run faster than me. Wow, what what has what has changed in you since you know now you're a parent of two. A
1: mom. mom. (laughs) So
0: um, you know has has something changed there because you know um, it's funny how like for dogs especially um, you know when you come home after a really long time, especially you know if you travel Mm -hmm. overseas, you come back, they always still so loving and. The same as before. It's changed my whole world.
1: Having dogs has changed my entire world. It's made me like really see the world as a great and beautiful place. Not that I didn't before, but it's like taking it to a new level. Just like no matter what's bad, there are still dogs in this world and they're so loving and so sweet and kind. And I don't know, I feel like everything, every job I work, everything I do is for the benefit of my my two sons, (laughs) my (laughs) dogs. So sweet. They bring so much joy, like just endless joy to my life. Just, I just sometimes I just admire them, I just stare at them. <laughs> Wonder how I got this lucky. <laughs> and
0: and and for and for the work that you do with the with the mm-hmm. pups rescue, right? Um, how how does how you know how does the process work? So that you know, if people listening to this. Uh, I know we got quite a sizable American audience. Um, so if people are listening to this and stuff, um, they they want to know more about rescue like why they why they do it how, how they got started i mean you know the whole process so what what is your favorite part about the you know the, being a part of the organization and, and helping to promote their cause Like, what's the favorite thing if you pick one thing uh that makes them very memorable uh, beyond just of course yeah. adopting yeah. Your son.
1: i love <laughs> i love going into the shelters and finding dogs that are in need of being rescued. Um, I've gotten a, a bunch of dogs from shelters that were, it was like the hour that they were set to be killed by the shelter and I got them out just in time. And I love seeing the dogs transform once they're taken out of the shelter. Like sometimes they'll be in the shelter and they seem really angry or really aggressive. And the second you get them out of that environment, they're a completely different dog. Like once you get them in a nice stable home and they decompress and they feel a little love and have a warm meal, It's like a completely different creature. And I love seeing that transformation or even sometimes physical transformations. Like we'll get dogs like mine that couldn't walk or we had one that was morbidly obese and he had to be carried out of the shelter. And now he's in an amazing home with an amazing owner. He's lost all the weight. He's like living his best life, running on the beach every day. And it's, I just love the transformations. That's what I love. And if people want to see more, they can uh, or learn more, they can go to www.pacificpupsrescue.com.
0: Rescue. Awesome. Uh, so, last question, Kellev. Um, how can people get in contact with you?
1: Uh, they can find me on uh, my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all the same. It's uh, at KellevCutford.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Kellev.
1: Thank you. I so appreciate it.
0: Wonderful. Happy.
1: Thanks.
0: <laughs> That's it for today's episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast head over to video.sell.com to download your free PDF guide and video masterclasses. And also, head over to www.tapyourtime.com t a p e y o u r t i m ecom to request for a free strategy call with me to see how I can help you grow your business through video. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, be sure to subscribe and support us. So once again, I want to appreciate you and thank you for listening in because you have a unique story and more people need to hear it. Talk to you soon.